What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Daily Energy News Beat Stand-Up here on this gorgeous Tuesday, November 28th, 2023. As always, I'm your humble correspondent, Mike Tanner, coming to you from an undisclosed location here in Dallas, Texas, rocking a solo show today. I had a great week off last week, so we hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving. Um, I was traveling late yesterday, so Stu was able to step in, do a solo show. He happens to be traveling today, so I'm stepping in and rocking a solo show. But don't worry, I have two great articles lined up for us, and then we'll hop over to finance. Um, first on the menu for us, um, richest 1% more carbon than the poorest two-thirds, according to a new spunny. Absolutely unbelievable. Um, something I think we probably all knew happened, but it's really super interesting. Um, the rich get roasted in this one, so we got to love it. Um, next up, Senate Democrats want the FTC to uh, investigate pending oil mergers. Senator Schumer's 22 cent of his colleagues looking to break up the mergers that are happening. So, I mean, it just... It's a bucket of laughs, folks. So we'll we'll cover what they're trying to do um, in Congress. We will then um, kick over, quickly cover what happened in oil and gas finance. Prices down a little bit today, uh, mainly off the back of that OPEC delayed meeting. And, and we'll kind of maybe dive into what, what some of the theories are around that. Uh, nat gas prices actually spiked a little bit here in, in the opening as we record this here about 530. Um, rig counts up a little bit. And then we will quickly cover a northern oil and gas deal, which actually fits in nicely to a new segment we're going to start doing. So that'll wrap up the show. Then we'll let you get on out of here and uh, finish up your day. But before we do that, guys, remember, as always... The news and analysis you are about to hear is brought to you by the world's greatest website, energynewsbeat.com, the best place for all your energy news. Stu and the team do a great job of curating that website. Make sure it stays up to speed with everything you need to know to be at the tip of the spear when it comes to the energy and the oil and gas business. Um, you can hit the description below, see all the links to the articles, timestamps. If you want to go ahead and skip ahead and hear about this Northern deal, boom, you can do that. And you can also check out dashboard.energynewsbeat.com. That's our data news product combo. Um, we love that. Email the show questions at energynewsbeat.com. You know, just check us out. You can follow Stu and myself on LinkedIn, Twitter. Check that again all out in the description below. But let's go ahead and dive into the show. First article, guys, richest 1% emit more than the poorest two-thirds, says Oxfam. Absolutely hilarious. You know, we got the world's richest percent generated as much carbon emissions as the poorest two-thirds in 2019, according to a new Oxfam report that examines the uber wealth, these lavish lifestyles and investments in heavy polluting industries. I'll read this next paragraph. The report paints a grave portrait as climate experts and activists scrambled to curtail global warming. This month marked a long-dreaded milestone for the planet where the scientists recorded an average global temperature. Ah! That was more than two degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels. Again, I feel that probably not true in terms of this increase. Um, but but again, the point of this is, according to this Oxfam's report, carbon emissions of the world 1% surpassed the amount generated by all car and road transportation globally in 2019, while the richest 10% accounted for all half of global carver emissions. The richest 1% are enough to cancel out nearly the work of 1 million wind turbines. So for all of those wind turbines going up in West Texas and the Midwest here, Al Gore is single-handedly not Locking you down. It's you got to love it. The inconvenient truth is that Al Gore is bad for the environment. That's all I got out of here. This is David Schlotzenberg. He's the director of Sydney Environmental Institute at the University of Sydney. And he said, quote, none of this is surprising, but, you know, it's crucial. 
it's it's crucial. And he also goes on to say, there's been a huge issue in climate judges. Countries don't want to pay for what they've done in the past. So it's interesting thing here is, okay, let's not talk about historic responsibility, but current responsibility. Um, the recommendation um, is hardly new, but one that, quote, climate activists continue to fight for taxing the uber rich and using money to invest in renewable energy. I'm all about taxing Al Gore. I think we should have an Al Gore tax, personally. Whatever he uses, let's charge him 20% over market rate. You know, there was a proposal to tax corporate jet travel, uh, probably shot down by our our, our favorite Heinz 57 senator, a former senator, I should say, uh, now climate evangelist John Kerry. You know, it's not his plane, it's his family's plane. So he'd probably be he'd probably be out of it. You know, I, they, they make fun of Kylie Jenner in this. I do find it funny. Kylie Jenner took a 14 minute flight. Man, I wish I could do that on a private jet. You have to admit, if you could take a, if you could afford to fly private on a 14 minute flight, you do it too. Now you should maybe be taxed on it, but I'm not going to hold Kylie Jenner because I do the same thing. But again, this is, we, we all know if you're rich, you use more energy. That's kind of the point. It's why all other countries want to become rich. Now, the problem is if you, to a point, the richer you become, the more energy you use, but the efficiency goes up. But there is a point when you latch into this 0.01%, as this article says, that you do begin to use astronomical amounts. Who knew that massive mansions use more electricity than apartment complexes? Who knew? Who knew, folks? All right, next one here. Senate Democrats want FTC to investigate pending oil mergers. Got to go after big oil, folks. Senator Schumer and 22 of his Democratic colleagues penned a letter to the FTC asking them to investigate the acquisitions of Pioneer and Hess by Exxon and Chevron, respectively. You know, targeting bid oil. Let's see what they say here. Um, U.S. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer. We got to love him. 22 Senate Democrats. I'm sure they're geniuses. Uh, wrote to the FTC alleging that the multi-billion dollar acquisitions by Exxon and Chevron would lead to reduced competition and higher prices for consumers. It's kind of scratching my head. Exxon doesn't set prices um, and ask his regulators to launch antitrust probes. This letter clearly shows, however, these politicians don't understand much about the U.S. oil market. Absolutely. It's the first thing I thought of, I mean, again, you got to come back to, and this is what I think, you know, obviously they don't want to attack the merits of the deal. I mean, if they thought twice, if they offered 10 seconds about who sets oil prices, the last thing they would do is come to Chevron and say, your acquisition of Pioneer is going to screw. If anything, Exxon acquiring Pioneer is going to get cheaper because there's going to be more oil because Exxon's going to now be combined with Pioneer and drill up all their location. Is that going to happen? Yeah, probably not, but in theory, it could happen. So I guess they look at it glass half full or glass half empty. I could look at it glass half full. I just think the interesting part is, you know, you're too far in the weeds. You're missing the signal. It's like when they came out today, the FTC came out and was going to investigate the takeover of Subway by private equity. Your hard-earned tax dollars are going to make sure that Subway isn't raising their prices on you. That Subway sandwiches, or some, as we would call it, Scrubway sandwiches are up. So now we've got big sandwich and big oil are the enemy. Really? It's not you guys up in Congress. I mean, it's just, it's hilarious. We've, we're spending all our time worrying about big oil and big sandwich when maybe we should be worried about the issues at large. I mean, you know, there's a reason people hate politicians because they do stuff like this. I love this little, it's a kind of a, uh, an opinion piece that, that we're reading here. This little clip shows, however, that these politicians do not understand much about the oil market, its players and their contributions to the nation's energy security. It's hard to understand how competition would reduce if Exxon and Pioneer combined to produce only about 5% of U.S. oil, which is a fraction of the oil OPEC members control, about 80% of the world's 
uh, producing oil reserves. The United States has 9,000 small independent producers that produce 83% of total U.S. oil production. Again, these are facts they could have clearly looked up or whoever wrote this. I mean, if you think Chuck Schumer sat down and wrote this memo, you're out of your mind. He had one of his 60 associates do that. Or he had lobbyists do that. He probably had, you know, someone from, uh, you know, Greenpeace is off do this. Soros probably wrote this. No, I'm just kidding. It probably wasn't Soros. Point being, if they had done, it's not about the, you know, this is a, if they had done the research, they'd have never come to this. You could have never, you didn't put it, there's no facts they, they had in this. And so, you know, I love it when they come out, it clearly showing their ignorance on it. Um, Big oil, big sandwich, FTC's coming for you. I mean, this this is, it's ridiculous, folks. Let's move to finance. You know, I, we, we saw prices kind of are, are mixed. I mean, the big news coming out of this weekend was the fact that OPEC, which was supposed to meet yesterday, has now delayed their meeting by four days. The question is, why did they delay their meeting? I think that's tensed markets a little bit. It's it's really caused choppiness ever since Thanksgiving. You know, we saw on Friday when that announcement came out, we did see the market drop from about 77 to where it sits about, you know, we got all the way down to about 74, currently sits about 75, 16 as we record this right now. Again, I think the reasoning that OPEC is pushing off this meeting has more to do with them trying to figure out if more cuts are necessary. I think we're going to agree that the million barrels is is legit. The real, you know, I, I think people are wondering, will this, will this, mean more cuts. It could. It could also mean that they're infighting about maybe to to, to lower cuts because countries are just wanting to take it. I mean, it's clear that the amount of leakage coming out of Iran and Russia is making up for whatever cuts are happening on OPEC. So you could look at it one way. Countries in OPEC want to produce more to take advantage of the opportunity to make more money, or they want to look at it as cut to raise prices because they know that regardless of what happens, the leakage from Iran and Russia, according to Stu's favorite dark fleet, is enough to keep prices down. So I think it's something we're, we're watching. We did see cash prices or cash rise a little bit. Dollar index fairly steady today. So, so, so that didn't help prices. I think the only other thing that we we saw drop was rig count. You know, as of last Wednesday, they were up four six twenty two from last week. Um, so that's again a change of four rigs. And what's interesting, rigs are always a, a you know a lagging indicator from pricing. So whether this rig count is indicative of where prices were two months ago, I would agree. I would say that is true. So it's again interesting to see how this rig count continues to move. You know, this week I don't expect to see an increase. I actually think, you know, I, I I would guess we'd see a slight draw in the rig count. You know, just depending on some of the stuff. But but as that rig count again is to creep up, you know, from an operator side, it'll be interesting to see how service prices continue to do. I know specifically some of the stuff I'm working with. You know, our natural gas fracks haven't quite, um, you know, jumped in pricing yet to maybe take advantage of of some of that higher nat gas pricing. I, I for those listening on on podcasts, I use quotes because it's not higher, but you know, you might be seeing a a little bit better yield. I thought the only other interesting thing that happened today was Northern Oil and Gas, one of our favorite non-op companies, announced some bolt-on acquisitions, specifically in the Northern Delaware Basin. Two different acquisitions, one in the Northern Delaware Basin in Lee and Eddy County, and then one small one down in in the Utica, which actually institutes their their entrance into um, that specific basin. That's so you know to for that Appalachian one, it's pretty small. It's only about twenty three million cubic feet a day. It's about thirty eight hundred boe a day, one hundred percent gas. Um, it's only about in point eight net wells, 1.7 net wells in process. Um, Operators ascent resources, so definitely some effective stuff there. What I think is interesting, though, is the bigger position is the agreement to purchase 23, or excuse me, 3,000 net acres um, in Lee and Eddy County, New Mexico. Um, And this is an interesting deal because uh, Northern already owns about 90% um, interest in these lease or, or owns interest, already owns 
interest in 90% of these leaseholds, not 90% interest. They hold interest in 90% of these leases already. So it's more of an add-on, um, which which means they 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 really like what's going on there. Current production is about 2,800 BOE a day, 67% oil. Um, they're on that two stream. Um, they expect that 2024 production average about 25 BOEs per day. So we would love that nice slow decline assets, 67% oil. Um, significant growth on those assets as they continue to develop that. They see that net runway of 26.3 net undeveloped locations, which represents about 13.5 years of inventory um, to run through 2025 through 2030. What I think is interesting is, is this is in the exact region that our first deal spotlight is going to cover. It's not this actual position. It's another smaller non-op position, but it's literally the exact same. Um, it's Eddy County. It's those multiple benches. You've got the Bone Springs, one, two, three, which which are more of those carbonate plays. And then you've got um, the, the Wolf Camp right underneath that A, uh, lower A, uh, that kind of Wolf Camp XY, as they call it, then, then the lower benches below. Really interesting. So, you know, what's interesting is we, we we walk you through how you get to, well, what would you buy for one of these? And, you know, is this going to be a good deal? You know, they put a $17.1 million deposit down on it. I mean, they're going to, you know, this purchase price is $170 million in cash and $107,000 um, shares of common stock. I mean, it's, it's, it's not cheap, you know, um, it's about 57 million of cash flow, which represents about 2.8 to three times purchase price multiple. Um, again, you just get subjugated to really nice pricing early on in those assets. So, you know, I, Again, I'm going to hold a little reservation on saying whether or not I think this is a good deal or not. I'd recommend checking out our deal spotlight, um, which is going to drop probably this week or early next week. Um, we'll keep you updated. You'll that'll see blasted all over social media, so you won't miss that. But you know, in terms of whether this deal is overpriced or not, I mean, I think I think at 2.8, you know, three multiples, it's already a little bit high. Um, you but you got to be pretty confident in the development plans. Got to be pretty confident in your type curves. You know, we do like Eddie County. That strong two stream uh, production has got to be helpful. We do love that. It's weighted about 60, 67% oil, but I don't know. Could be a little pricey. You'll have to uh, tune into the deal spotlight uh, to check that out. But that's really all I've got today, folks. Appreciate you checking us out. It's a nice solo show. We'll get you out of here early. Um, stay strong here on this Tuesday back from Thanksgiving. Hope you've all recovered. Um, I know I have. We'll see Stu and I back in the chair tomorrow um, and to get us going. But we appreciate it, guys. We'll see you tomorrow, folks. Mm-hmm.